0: Anchored in reaching is for curious people who want to explore the story that God is writing in history, and who are looking for their own place in that story to find meaning and vibrancy in their life and vocation. I'm Kevin Manoia. Join me each week as Susanna Fleming and I probe the edges of faith and living, always in relation to God who knows you best. For some, it'll be an opportunity to anchor yourself more securely in your faith. For others, it'll be motivation to reach out to engage more broadly. In either case, these conversations should encourage, enlighten, and challenge you.
1: Hey everyone, this is Susanna, and welcome to part two of our conversation about the Apostolic on the Anchored and Reaching Podcast, and I'm here with Kevin. Hey everybody. Yes. And as always, we're excited to dive into the depths of theology. And if you haven't gotten a chance to listen to the first part of this conversation, I really recommend you do. It'll help you understand our heart for this topic, um, help a definition of terms. So in the first one, we talked about how there are multiple definitions of the word apostolic. And depending on who you're talking to, you're going to be having a different conversation. So start there. And then today, we really want to talk about what the apostolic looks like in a church, in an individual, and so um, that's where we're going to jump off today.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I got to be honest, this is absolutely fun. I mean, because yeah. <laughs> um, every time I come to this conversation, and I think you do too, Susanna, um, uh, I I smile because it's so much fun to be able to talk about this kind of stuff. Now, you know, now for you who are listening, we are recording this, but we can see each other on the screen, and so Susanna and I are grinning big. Chris, on the other hand, the producer here, you know, um, he just does not crack a smile no matter what. Um, Every time
1: we have to start over, he's I like,
0: know. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the idea of talking about these kinds of things just absolutely brings life. Uh, and, and it's, and it's, um, makes me smile every time I think about it. Uh, it's really interesting, Susanna, that you use the word talking about quote, the apostolic, um, notice that it's an adjective, right? I mean, is that the figure of speech that it is? And, and so there's implied here, the apostolic, what the apostolic, uh, Uh, church, or the apostolic person, or the apostolic ice cream cone, or the apostolic... Mantle. uh, Mantle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're keeping the spiritual theme going there. I I guess I better take ice cream out. (laughs) Um, The apostolic what? So apostolic is something that describes something, right? Um, Of course, in Scripture, we have the concept or the construct of apostolicity, which is the defense of the apostles. Was Paul really an apostle? Well, he went through a whole argument to verify and justify himself as an apostle. But it's really interesting that we talk about the apostolic describing something, right? And uh, I think you already alluded to this, that we talked a little bit about where you went to find some meaning about uh, apostolic, or an apostolic movement, I like to call it an apostolic movement or an apostolic church or an apostolic person or apostolic behavior. See all those things have different nuances. And in my life I went through, you know, the gospel, particularly Luke and then Acts to try to distill principles of what apostolic really was. So, um you know, I, I just I just thought I would mention that it's kind of interesting that you use that term like that. I mean, did you intend to do that or? I
1: didn't, but I think I always hear about the apostolic and talk about the apostolic as as, as if it is a movement. Okay. So, um, yeah, I guess that comes out in my language.
0: Yeah, so I would imagine that um, if if we use that word apostolic, or an apostolic something as a descriptor of a church, a person, a movement, a book, an action, then there must be some kind of descriptive characteristics that are unique among those things, right? Mm -hmm. um, to, to warrant using the word apostolic in reference to them. That's an apostolic church. That's an apostolic person. That's an apostolic leader. That's an apostolic movement. So there are, there, there must be some features. And I guess that's where my mind goes with this. Uh, when I think about the word apostolic, rather than it being divisive, and rather than it being a tool for abuse of people to lord it over them or tell them what they ought to do and how they ought to run their money and how they ought to make decisions or um, and, and be abusive or be centralized in a personality, I think, as I shared last time, apostolic has much more generous uh, attributes that I shared in the last podcast, and I hope people will go back and listen. But I think there are also some characteristics. And for and for this, I go to actually Ezekiel 47 is probably the best word picture where you have the river of God that's flowing out of the temple. And of course, who lives in the river, who lives in the temple, but God himself. So it flows, it, it doesn't flow out of a book. It doesn't flow out of a council it doesn't flow out of the pastor you may think that that your pastor is the source of being apostolic your pastor is not the source of being apostolic the bishop is not the source of being apostolic apostolic comes from god it comes out of the heart of god now the question is what characteristics does the vessel of that apostolic energy take on anybody who claims this for themselves. Uh, woe unto them. Lightning is going to strike them, frankly, because this belongs to God. And, and I don't want to be around that person. And so if you're with somebody who says, man, I'm apostolic and I got the apostolic authority and it's all this and it's personality driven and you feel the ego, man, run away from that person because lightning is going to strike, I think. Anyway. So the well, characteristic, wait. yeah, yeah, okay. okay so, yeah, are you yeah, saying
1: yeah. that people can't be apostol- apostolic? Because I know you're not saying that. And are you no. saying people can't be apostles? You're talking about a posture.
0: Who's claiming the Who's claiming the source of that apostolic energy and that apostolic movement? And if mm-hmm. and if somebody's claiming that to themselves, man, boy, um, it comes from God. Don't right. lay claim on something that isn't yours. Uh, be humble with it and uh, walk with a, with a bowed neck and a, and a humble disposition. That's good. So, so yeah, it's a really good question. But, but it seems to me that when I read that passage, there are a couple of chari- there are a couple of descriptors. Anything that is apostolic is usually, number one, it's always moving. Rivers are always moving. You read Ezekiel 47, the river's moving. It's flowing, 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 flowing. When a river stops, it becomes a cesspool, and it starts to smell. Uh, so anybody who lays claim on the gift of of being apostolic and somehow they they um, they stagnate in that or they they claim it and they don't move on, uh, they're going to become they're going to become stagnant. Uh, secondly, uh, rivers the apos, anything that is apostolic as a river is always moving and it's always changing. That's really important. It's always changing. Um, when, when when you go to any river, especially fast moving rivers, uh, you're gonna notice from year to year that it changes. You know, when my family used to go to Yosemite all the time, we'd go up to Happy Isles and see the river running through there. And I'd take my kids out onto the rocks and we would look at where the tree is and where the boulder is. And then the next year we'd go to the same rock and we couldn't find the boulder. We couldn't find the tree. Why? Because the river had changed. Rivers are always changing as they carve their way through culture and as they find a new a new path to carve their way through because they're always changing. And if, and if people are not changing in relevancy to the culture around them, that's not syncretism. I'm not talking about syncretism. I'm not talking about becoming culture. I'm, be, I'm talking about adjusting themselves to engage culture. Now, uh, that's not apostolic. So rivers are always changing to engage with the uniqueness of culture in that time in a relevant way. So apostolic is always changing. It's always moving, it's always changing, and furthermore, thirdly, it's always life-giving. Wherever a river goes, it brings life. There's always grass, so you look at the Nile River running through the Sahara. On both sides of the Nile River, you see green grass, you see palm trees, you see fruit trees, you see people that are magnetically down to the river, because... Wherever a river goes, it draws life, it gives life, and and, and it runs through the desert and it transforms the desert into life. So rivers are always life-giving. Anything that is apostolic is always going to bring life and empowerment, not control and disempowerment and death. So as I think about this idea of apostolic and what is the feature that characterizes anything that is apostolic, those are the three thoughts that come to my mind.
1: That's really a beautiful metaphor. And one thing I love about that passage, Ezekiel 47, is that the water trickled from the temple. And the further away from the temple the water got, the deeper it got, actually. Yes. Uh-huh. Right? and I think that's something that um, could potentially be a characteristic of the apostolic too is that it's it's flowing from the house and ultimately from God right it's flowing right. from God through the context of the church out into culture and and getting deeper and deeper and the grace is for that movement away from the temple and toward, Culture. It's like a missional grace, a moving forward grace. Um, I've heard it described in that way. And the church that I um, used to be a part of um, in a different state, they describe themselves as an apostolic church as well. And they referred to that passage. So I think that that's a really good descriptor. But I, I do wonder so, okay, those are great descriptors like always moving, always changing, not stagnant. Um, Focused on culture and blessing, culture and life giving.
0: Always life giving, right? And, and I love let me those. let me interrupt you because um, because there are a lot of churches that are very apostolic that don't even use the word.
1: Right, definitely. Yeah. That's really really important, and I think a lot of churches start to use the word because they're trying to help their congregation um, have a language around the fact that they're a church. I mean, there are some churches and maybe you can jump into this with me, but there are some churches that seem to have more of an evangelistic grace, right? Like they're more actively involved in evangelism and every church should be evangelistic, but there are some churches that's more their grace. There are some churches that, um, maybe are more focused on pastoring their communities, and there's more of a pastoral grace. And obviously, we should have pastoral grace at every church, but there's some that have more. I think sometimes churches that have this more apostolic grace, they're going to look a little different and they're going to be changing a little bit more and they're going to maybe be slightly more missional or cutting edge. And so people apply that word to help their congregation understand the particular grace on their community. Um, But some churches are going to operate in that and not ever use that terminology. At least yeah, that's yeah. how I see it. Is that, yeah, I, with you? I would
0: agree with you, Susanna. There are some churches, you know, I mean, there are some churches that would purport to be soul winning churches. And right. their primary foot forward, as I call it, or point on the spear, is uh, inviting people into a personal relationship with God through Christ right and or as some people call it crossing that line of faith and as we've talked about previously people who who put their faith in Christ for their salvation or as they might call it um you know, trying to get a lot of people to get saved. You know, I don't like mm-hmm. that terminology for reasons that we've talked about in a previous podcast, but so there's some churches that are soul winning churches. There are other churches that are that are discipling churches. There are other churches that are teaching. They have a foot forward. It doesn't mean they don't do a lot of the other things, but that's kind of what they're known for. Or as you say, they're grace. Some churches are are worshiping churches. You know, there's a church that started in in Southern California. They called it the Lamb's Fellowship. It was the, the they and they called it that, the flock that loves to rock. It was all about worship, right? And, and there are some churches like that. Um, apostolic churches tend to be the churches that are going to find the place where the water that comes from God's heart engages the banks of the river, and they're going to go and engage it. Right. Mm -hmm. And if that's legislatively, if that's social engagement, if that's meeting the needs of people, if that's preaching, if that whatever it is, they are going to be going into those places.
1: Yeah. So I'm definitely understanding this concept of what an apostolic church looks like. And I'm trying to run it against my understanding of an apostolic church based on the fact that I was in one that was, you know, we talked about being an apostolic church all the time. Yeah. At that point, I had a really well-formed understanding of what an apostolic church was. And now I'm just in a season in my life where I'm kind of wondering if I have it right, because Mm -hmm. this word is so just people fight over it. And we talked about that in the last podcast. Um, But everything we've described here, I think, definitely articulates who we were. Um,
0: So I'm wondering. Yeah, yeah, go go for it. (laughs) Well, so I would love to pick I'd love to pick on you a little bit with that because frankly in my growing up we never used that word. Okay. And as I became exposed to it, I was curious and magnetically drawn to it that caused me as I told you before to really get into it and to lead a whole denomination with that as the cry to become an apostolic movement. So I guess I would love to know what is it about what you knew was apostolic in those days? has changed good question
1: i think that one of the and this did not happen at the church that i was at there was so much humility but as we've talked about one of the challenges with the conversation around the apostolic is that i think because what we're talking about of like the river of god going out into mm-hmm. the world being so important and so vital to the church in the world and the Mission of God. Um, really, every church should have a component of that, but not every church carries such a grace for it. Like I was talking about, and I think the temptation is to really promote the apostolic as the end all be all, um, the you know the ultimate authority, the coolest church, the cutting edge church, edge church, um, and especially combined with the entrepreneurial zeal that you see in the Western world. There's this kind of like, oh, the apostolic is the cool thing. So obviously, like as Christians, we're supposed to make disciples of all nations. Church planning is a great thing, but we shouldn't just church plant because that's the obvious next best step when you're building your own kingdom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I think that's one thing that is of concern or has... Um, I guess like the apostolic was like the sexy thing. And again, this wasn't what I experienced in my church, but it it was definitely in the background of the whole conversation. Yeah, yeah. The other thing is um, honestly related to spiritual warfare, hmm. um, where I've heard many people in the apostolic movement say, well, we're an apostolic church, which means we're on the front lines, which means we're going to experience more warfare. And that's something that I kind of take issue with a little bit now because I think it's the same general sentiment as oh well I have a big calling so my warfare is going to be greater and that really minimizes the fact that God is working through everyone right um yeah. so that was a lot but those are kind of yeah. my yeah no that's thoughts. really
0: that's really good and I guess I would appeal back to some of the things I said in the last podcast in the last episode of this where That is a false understanding of apostolic, where you claim authority, you claim power, you claim control, you claim accomplishment, you claim to be on the front line, you claim to be visible. That's not apostolic. That's just being, you know… Uh, Well, I don't know what that is, but that's more built on on our own ego trying to assert ourselves. Apostolic is empowering people. It's not that we are better at being on the front lines. It's that we are empowering and validating others for the Mm -hmm. work that God has called them to, whether that's on the front line of spiritual warfare or whether that's being the most effective, hospitable, generous person— Uh, in quietness. It is empowering people in their vocational call from God, because so many people need to know that they are being validated in their calling. And some of them are not validated because they're being told... That the only valuable gifts are the ones that are on the front lines, taking territory for Jesus, praying hard and, and defeating demons under every, you know, but, mm-hmm. but apostolic says, no, wait a minute. If you are a quiet, introverted person who generously extends the helping hand of grace and hospitality to others, be blessed in that. Be validated in that. That's apostolic, you see. It's not about power. It's, em- it's empowerment. It's not mm-hmm. about authority. It's about humility. Apostolic Always humbles itself and empowers people in their vocation, in their calling. And it releases people. Furthermore, it doesn't claim control, it releases control and it validates people. So so I guess that's why it it in some respects, these three high-level characteristics that we've just talked about, always changing, always moving, always life-giving. See it's 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 always moving to new people who are struggling with their calling and saying let me let me give you a validation that you are okay god's hand is on your life and you are being you are being deployed be blessed and go and they walk out like empowered Right, um, changing. Well, there are circumstances going on all around, and culture is changing. Legislation is changing. Apostolic says, "Let's go and engage the the legislature and the state, or the federal government, or the or the city council. Let's go and engage graciously." on immigration and gay rights and all of these things. Let's be apostolic in being the presence of God in engaging the the cult. And wherever we go to do that, we don't bring judgment. We don't bring conviction. We bring life. We bring the presence of God into those places. See, that to me is what apostolic is all about.
1: Yes, um yes. Definitely, just for the record, the churches I've been a part of that called themselves apostolic were doing that so well. They were teaching the congregation to be missional in their places of work, not just in sharing the gospel, which is important, but in yeah. building the kingdom, whether they worked at a bank or somewhere else and being involved in social issues. And um, like you said, like not necessarily coming with this is the way things should be done, but coming with the presence of God. And yes. just like the river went along the banks of the water, like the trees, they grew up and they have yes. fruit. Yes, And so you're describing a posture of Christianity that isn't closed behind a wall of fear, but is actively engaged.
0: Yes. Yes. Very I, true. I really
1: appreciate that.
0: Now, the question might be, is every church apostolic? Well, not necessarily. I mean, mm-hmm. there's an element to it, but... There are some churches whose ministry it is to move into communities and and minister to the brokenhearted people who live in that community because of circumstance and be present with them.
1: Which would be and more of a pastoral. To,
0: yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And then there are others whose 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 grace, as you use that word, whose grace it is. To see the broad strokes of culture around them and say, wait a minute, we need to be at the table and we need to bring God's presence to the table of conversation. Even if we don't win the day, we at least need to be at the table. That's apostolic, right? So, so churches, mm-hmm. just like people, have different graces and emphases and priorities that—and usually, frankly, it's consistent with their personality— and it is empowered by their their heritage or their story, their family story, and it's often shaped by their circumstance.
1: Right. That's what I was going to say. I know that, you know, ultimately these graces flow from God, but depending on who your senior leadership is and the graces on their lives, it might end up reflecting in the culture of the church, correct?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Because churches become a reflection of their principal leadership. Not a a one-for-one correlation, but significantly shaped by that. It's just the nature of the organism of of the body of Christ. It's how it works.
1: Sure. And the other important theme I hear emerging is that the apostolic you just mentioned maybe would want to sit at the table with these different cultural conversations even if they don't win the day they want to bring the presence of god there that is um you know the heart of god jesus sat with the prostitutes he developed a relationship he showed people god by being present but then there are also people who are more gifted as teachers right i mean I, I see you, Kevin, you have definitely a teaching mantle on you. You also have an apostolic mantle. Um, but people who are primarily teachers, they might be the people who feel more of a need to um, communicate so that people understand where those lines are and and how they can walk the way of Jesus. And they might have a more difficult time sitting at the table without moving the conversation forward, if that makes sense. And so what we're describing is this tension that can come between different graces. And, um, I think part of the reason why we see so much tension surrounding the apostolic and people having such a hard time with it, because there, there's natural tension built into these different graces of different churches.
0: Yes, yes, totally agree. And, and it's human nature to find a place Uh, of comfort and affinity, or people that are like us, where we're comfortable, and to draw a little bit of a wall around us and say, we are it. Anything that's different from that becomes foreign and less than good, and that's how division in the church begins to develop. So we got to bring down those walls, and we got to recognize that among us there are people who tend to be more apostolic than others. There tend to be churches that are more apostolic than others. There are churches that are more um, shepherding, um, caregiving than others. There, so there's this. This And and we need to do a series on the diversity of unity in the church, because there's this wonderful diversity in the life of the body of Christ. And when we somehow draw a box around our own and we say we're better than the next ones or or, uh, complain or criticize somebody for engaging in a way that that we think is, you know, beyond the boundaries. Boy, that's dangerous. Then, then we're undermining the very nature of the body of Christ. So, being apostolic comes from the heart of God. It is part of God's work in the world. It brings life where it wherever it goes, um, and. And oh my goodness, um, I pray that it will never, ever be an adjective or an attribute, a descriptor, a gift, or a feature that will ever be used by anyone to abuse, to hurt, uh, or in any way to create division. That's not what it's intended for.
1: Yes, that's well said. And that's definitely our heart when we're talking about this, just to emphasize the humility, the humility the posture before God and others. It's its not one of uh, lording one's authority over anyone. It is uh, the position of a servant and empowerment. And yes. that's the key.
0: Yep. Wow. Good conversation. And probably a lot of questions will maybe coming. I'm glad that when you write these questions um, and send them into us, um, we want to read them. I was going to say send them to Susanna. But um, (laughs) we'll get them both of us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, love to hear from you podcast at anchored and reaching. And by the way, anchored and reaching is not the um, the ampersand and it's the word spelled out. Right. So anchored and reaching dot com podcast at anchored in reaching I would love to hear from you. And, and could I be so bold as to say that if there are some matters that you are struggling with or people are struggling with, um, we'd love to hear what those are because, you know, I don't think there's anything, correct me if I'm wrong, Susanna. I don't think there's anything that we're not willing to tackle and, um, talk about, would that be fair we're, to say?
1: Definitely because we're on this journey with you, but yes, we, Love thinking about these topics well and, you know, diving into them with curiosity, with a biblical perspective, with humility and really unpacking them with you.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Make sure to check out the show notes for links and um, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time on our next conversation.
0: Let me encourage you that who you are is more important than what you do the lure of defining yourself by your performance is stronger than you might think. So join me in upcoming weeks as we explore the whole leader God created you to